Good morning, Shelley. Good morning, Kat. How are you this morning? I'm good. This morning we have one of my favourite people. Uh, we've got Lisa Agus Gillibert, who is an incredible hoof care professional from Sydney that I know very well and I get to do lots of work with. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is pretty cool because you're one interesting person. So you've got a business called The Glorious Hoof. That's right. And I do recommend people out there to make sure they find your social media and uh, and and click on it Yeah. because okay, you've got some great stuff up there. Now I've got to ask you this question. What led to you becoming a farrier? Okay, so I got my first pony when I was 12. My mum bought me my first pony and he was really naughty for the farrier, um, like rearing running backwards and like the farrier that we used got quite cranky with him and um uh which in retrospect now I'm like yeah I get it but back then we were like oh, how could you treat our pony like that anyway um so my mum decided that it was my job to take care of his feet and she bought me a rasp <laughs> okay yep and set oh, well. me like yeah so it set me to doing his feet myself now really luckily I rode that pony a lot and he had yeah. super healthy feet yeah. right so I really couldn't have buggered it up if I if I tried um but that led me to um doing my own horse's feet doing feet like who's for friends I really enjoyed doing horse's feet and then um I met uh, a friend of mine her name's Casey she met me at TAFE doing one of the horse courses there and she really liked the way I trimmed my pony and she suggested oh you know you should look into um Pete Ramey's book um mm -hmm. he's a trimmer in America and that sent me down like the rabbit hole um yeah. I did go off and have an office like a corporate career and trimmed on the side for a yeah. long time um and then I met Andrew Bow from the Barefoot Blacksmith for an owner trimmers course and he said we'll make a professional out of you and then once that idea was in my head yeah. I could not let it go so I left the corporate world and um uh became a professional farrier and it's developed since there yeah very cool so I just got to ask you when that little 12 year old kid that got handed a farrier by your mother yeah. fabulous by the way <laughs> um, how did you know what to do did how did you find out what to do was it just guess or armor or just, did you well <laughs> she said here's a rasp and just round it off like you would your own nails is what <laughs> she said to me right okay, and yeah. like if he's being used he was being worked a lot he had um yeah. what we call a council trim yeah. yeah yeah so yes. um so the road trimmed him basically yeah, and yeah. I just kind of um smoothed off the chips yeah okay yeah yeah he was a Welsh pony cross so he had good feet yes <laughs> oh very cool so Lisa can you tell us about a light bulb moment that you had that changed the way that everything kind of headed yeah so my light bulb moment was kind of like you know how you have a dimmer yeah. on some lights my light bulb moment was very slowly like dimmed from off to like full brightness, right? So yeah. I'm just about finished with an equine science degree yeah. and a big focus in that degree is species appropriate care for horses. Yeah. Understanding yeah. how horses work, their genetic makeup, what makes them tick both physically and mentally and then providing the care that is that is species appropriate, right? So um and that includes training and understanding how horses, like equine behaviour, 
right? And understanding how horses learn. And I always bugger up this word, um, not anthropomorphizing them. Yes. I don't know if I got that right. Okay, great. Because I'm the type of person who reads a lot but doesn't speak a lot. So I get anyway. Um, Not anthropomorphizing them because they don't have ulterior motives. They literally, like, like, they literally have a very simple needs they have very simple needs and um the way that we keep horses generally leads to the problems that we have with them yeah absolutely that's very general but yeah 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 see my my approach to you know teaching people how to work well with horses is that you've got to understand the three dimensions mm-hmm. to be able to, because when you work with an animal or own an animal, you've got to make decisions. We're in charge of making decisions because we yes. put them into our world. Custodians, right? Yeah. You've got to base those decisions on, well, I've broken it up simply into three realms of knowledge. You've got to understand the species like mm-hmm. the horses. You've got to understand them. Um, you've got to know how to execute certain things and you've got to understand yourself and the impact that you have yes. on them. So, yeah, yes. unless you actually understand the horse, and unfortunately is that the horse has been with humans for so many thousands of years, we confuse species-specific appropriately appropriate care and understanding and all those things with tradition. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. That's a big thing that they talk about in uni is how we, how we move people's um, knowledge away from like keep what's good in tradition of what yeah. works because yeah. there's a lot of tradition works because horses are horses um but m- like bringing that into the the new age of understanding yeah yeah brilliant and you had another light bulb moment you said so working as a hoof care professional so yeah. and I think that this can like all these all these things that we talk about as healthcare professionals can work for the equine industry at large, anybody working in the professional industry, professional equine industry. Um, horse people can be very um, set, not set in their ways, but we're talking about tradition before, right? Yeah. So to be successful and provide the best uh, care that we can as a healthcare professional, mm. um, sometimes the way the horses, the, the owners are looking after the horses is not specifically um I wouldn't say detrimental but it's not best serving the horse so you can't get the best outcomes that you that you want to get with that horse's Mm -hmm. feet to be able to have that horse being sound and then that you know the horse that's sore in their feet can lead on to behavioral or training problems which are not really behavioral it's pain-based etc etc so um and we run into a lot of problems um where those like we talk about your ideal client Mm -hmm. and if you're not working with your ideal client it can wear down on you as a professional. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so a light bulb moment for me was setting up my business to be able to attract my ideal client. Yeah. Because I find it very easy to work with those people. They find it very easy to work with me and it creates the best outcome for the horse. Yeah, definitely. I know I completely and utterly relate. You get it. Yeah. You're like nodding like, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes hard to take these business ideas and apply them to like our fairy business because a lot of the time, like for me, I got into it because it was a passion of mine. And yes. I think the same. You got into it as a passion rather than from the business perspective too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just also time. You know, like when you start working with people, first of all, you start off going, "I'm going to help everybody" yes. because you seriously love horses and and you love helping people, and you have this kind of assumption that people 
kind of see the whole thing like you have learned to yeah, say the whole yeah. thing. And, and then you think, well, I'll just tell them that, you know, and they'll take it 100% on board. And uh, that the thing is humans don't work with that, like very That's strong right. in their belief. They can't, you know, like I'm the master of saying certain things 600 different ways to try and turn that light bulb on yep. in people's minds. I can see yep. they can't have. But, you know, like I remember being super frustrated, like I'd be working with people and they come for a session and the horse, it, it, two, two common situations I've come across. One would be they'd come and the horse, the horse was just not right, right? The horse yeah. was not sound and I could see it. A foot pain was a very common one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll be telling them and I thought, oh, they'd jump on board with that, but they just come out with 6,000 billion excuses mm. Um, for it like they wouldn't take that on board you know so much so that I've actually it's it's been still a bugbear to this day that actually I I bought this little good bit of technology called an equestric saddle clip so I can actually show them data that their feet aren't landing or pushing off properly help me right but anyway first of all a lot of excuses and blaming and people wanting the horse to be you know really calm willing and confident when their feet are sore as hell you yeah. know so that that was that but then there was this other person I'd come across and they do really well in the session they'd be into it into it into it and then they'd rock up the next week because they'd want to work with me and they would have done nothing yep yep like no practice and it's just like you couldn't you know you couldn't work it anyway I still give those people the time of day kind of thing because I always will I'm I'm always I always work with a lot of hope and faith in humanity yeah but yeah there's people that I've just learned I just pick up really quick and I know where to put as I've got busier and busier and busier Mm -hmm. it's just like I I show them the doorway if people don't walk in it I don't you know they've got to save themselves I can't save them sorry Catherine you just stop giving your energy. Yeah, that's yes. right. It's about conserving. We have a finite amount of energy. We really do. Um, and we spend it, like, have you guys heard of spoon theory? Yeah. I have, yeah. yeah but to tell yeah. us, tell everyone. Yeah. Okay, so spoon theory came from the, um, the like, uh, people, like, chronic illness community, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's where you have a set amount of, everybody has some spoons, right, yeah. to be able to, and spoons is like the currency to do tasks. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so some people might have 20 spoons and that gets them through all their tasks for the day. Some people have three spoons and they have to choose them wisely. And some people's spoons that, you know, um, carry more, uh, like could do a bigger task with a single spoon. And some people literally just getting out of bed will take them an entire spoon. Right. So, um, the reason why I bring up spoon theory is because it, it really resonates with me. Yeah. And I have got, I, when, I, when I first started out, I felt like I had an infinite capacity to pour myself into my work, um, but I didn't have a left, enough spoons left over for my home life, Yeah. for my family, mm. for my for what keeps me happy, doing my, my bits and pieces for my own horses because yeah. I was spending it all on my clients yeah right and um that leads to burnout mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know about this because yeah. Lisa might not know this but this is actually my own personal session with you oh, okay because <laughs> <laughs> I've just got back from clinics like I've had this crazy year I've been on the road for a, a big chunk of this mm-hmm. year so far I don't even want to count how many clinics I've oh, done my goodness but I just got back um yesterday from a week up 
um, in northern New South Wales, which was absolutely fabulous. Absolutely yeah. love it. But I am exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very relentless what I do because once you finish clinics, you know, I've still got all my social media and a whole lot of other things on the side and I've got more. And you want to go out for people that you're staying with want to chat, which is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people don't understand like the amount that when I give a, a clinic or when I give, I'm giving them myself, I'm making sure mm-hmm. they're getting their money's worth. Yeah. But at that clinic, people don't realize that every, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of my clinics because we have very fun, safe time. Yeah. But a lot of that's because I am watching those horses and mm-hmm. I'm helping them make good decisions the whole time. And I might have got a couple of few horses on the go and my mind is like watching everything. Yeah. And of course, at the end of the day, and then not only that, I've poured out my soul to them to try and yeah. read them as well. Yeah. And so then when I walk away, it's like I feel like this deflated. I yeah. feel like I've had a suction, you know, of my brains and my every ounce of my energy has been sucked. So right. I, but I've right. got to like get up this morning and it's like back to work. But I yep. know. <laughs> so anyway, this is everyone that's, this is my own personal therapy. No. <laughs> and I totally understand that, right? Yeah. But like, is that sustainable for you? Yeah, well, it's working out because yeah. as, you know, I only um, started doing this full time, uh, you know, really three years four, ago, three, nearly four years ago, and then I got hit with bloody COVID. Yeah. So, wasn't that wonderful, leaving my career as a university yep. academic and the safest job in the universe oh. to, to walk oh, into no. a of a global pandemic where they shut me down yeah um but anyway I use that time for good that's what I can say so I'm okay but I'm still in the realm of I've it's like I'm in this evolution stage at the moment as I change because I know exactly what I want to do I know what I want to do and how I want to work myself and I and I've worked out um just say my my limitations I know exactly what they are I know how to I know awesome. what I need to perform. So I know all that. But at the moment, it's just like working out. It's finding that sweet spot. And I've got to balance growing my business, sustaining my business. So I know we're going to talk all about that yes. soon. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of in a state of flux. So I still am in a state of like a bit of disorganized. There's a bit of chaos mm-hmm. going on around me as it settles out. But there's not, I, 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 I just, I accept that. Yes. And so what it means is that I know, like, like I had, I had, um, I had something down on my website for my membership group that I was meant to do a like a, like a live today at eleven, and it's just yeah. like, sorry guys, we're doing that in two days' time. And I just forgive myself from that. Yes, you know, I just forgive myself. Yeah. So I'm at that stage. I just if I can't do something, I just forgive myself. Anyway, yeah. enough about me and my because <laughs> I know you're going to give me some good ideas. Yes. Um. So I think Kat's got another question to ask you. I do. What frustrates you the most about the equine industry, Lisa? Uh, yes, undervaluing, undervaluing like professionals. Yeah. So this comes from two, two separate ways. So the industry at large undervalues their professionals mm-hmm. and also professionals undervalue themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massively. Yeah. Massively undervalue themselves. And um, a number of years ago when I was, I I had to make this work, right? When I left the corporate world, I had been doing um, farrier work like on the side 
um but that was it was every day (laughs) before and after work I would get this is this is just funny I'd I'd leave the house in my jeans and my boots I'd do a couple of courses on my way to my office job I'd get to my office job I'd have a shower I'd get changed into my skirt and heels I'd spend the day being a personal assistant (laughs) then on the way home I'd pull over on the, well, not on the way home. I'd do a few horses. I'd pull over on the side of the road and quickly get changed back into my jeans and do a few more horses on the way home. Yeah. But anyway, talk about burnout. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Um, so, so where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, but what frustrates you about? Yes, what frustrates me. So undervaluing. So um, I, when I first like left the corporate world, I had, I was given a, um, long, like a, a payout or whatever Um, because I'd been there for a number of years and I thought okay what's the best way to spend this money I need to set up this business this has to work this is my passion this is my career this is my purpose I have to make this work Um, so I sought out a business coach um, and I worked very closely with um, with her to set up my business correctly from day dot Mm. okay and as, as, as I was working in the industry and making um, a lot of connections with other people, I would see some really, really talented health care professionals burn out, not make enough money, be struggling to pay their bills while literally sweating into their own eyeballs all day, every day, bent over and being pulled around by horses and yeah. being treated like crap by clients um, and just say, I have to, I have to leave. This is terrible. I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and these are talented people that were saving horses' lives, yeah. basically. Um, and I just thought if I could somehow help those people to set up a sustainable business model for them, and that looks different for everyone, okay, yeah. um, that works for them, they would stay in the industry. Yeah. Because we have a serious... Um, we need we need, we need so, more farriers. Yes. More oh, my gosh, do we need it. Yeah. Equine vets, the equine vet industry at the moment is stuffed as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it even goes into the realm of what I do. You know, people will go like, oh, do you know anyone? And it's just like what I do is rare as hen's teeth. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why I've been able to, you know, explore ways to be able to do it online, you know, and ways to deliver it. So that's actually good. But, yeah, you hoof trimming, bit hard to do that online. Exactly, because you're only one person, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. So I put together um, a business course. Yep. And I want to talk a little bit, like this yeah. is all relevant. It, the whole business course is set from, it, it, it comes from the basis of mindset. Mm-hmm. Because if your mindset is not where it needs to be, you can't make, you can't set the boundaries, you can't make the changes, you can't, like your business model will not work yeah. for you unless you have got a really strong mindset right so I developed this um I'll show you guys um yeah and we're going to we're going to pop up this uh you've got this really good slide slide. we're going to show you and we'll make it available be on um website on our social media plus also I've got this photograph uh as our cover for this particular um podcast yeah yeah So this is what I call my cycle of success, okay? So for those listening and without the visual just yet, at the top, Mm -hmm. it's like I've got like one, two, three, four, five circles, okay? And each circle represents a different part of my cycle of success Mm -hmm. and it is continuing around like a clock, right? 
up the top, you've got the work. Okay. And the work is taking care of your mental health. Number one. Okay. Mental health is so important. Um, Focusing on your why and your Mm -hmm. why is like, why do you get, why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning? Why, why, you know, why do you do what you do? Yes. You need to have a very clear picture in your head about where you're going. So I call that your big picture vision. Yeah. Five years, 10 years, 15 years. What does your life look like? Not just Mm -hmm. what does my business look like? What does my life look like? Where do I live? Who do I live there with? What do I do in my spare time? How much money do I make? Blah, blah, blah. You know, how many holidays do I take? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Your big picture vision is your perfect, happy life. And that's what you've got to keep in your mind to aim for at all times. Um, the work includes choosing beliefs that serve you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for instance, um, a belief that wouldn't serve you is I'm bad with money. Yes. <laughs> so that's not going to serve you in business, right? No. So how do you change that belief that you have about yourself to I'm good with money or yeah. I'm savvy with money? That's just one example. Yeah. And you need to live true to your values. You need to do some work to make sure that you know what your values are and that you're yeah. living true to them. Because if we are living um, if we're living a life that doesn't line up with our values, yeah, it's, it's extremely poisonous. uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. So doing the work will lead you on to be able to build a success mindset. So this is a mindset where you are ready to work towards your goals despite any setbacks you might come up against because we're going to come up against setbacks. Yeah. All right, no matter what we do. And I think this is not just a business thing. This okay? is a workforces thing. This, this is, is just a work, life. Right. So yeah. even even your listeners who aren't business professionals, um, this can definitely um, help 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 you guys. Yes. So your success mindset. Once you have your success mindset in place, mm-hmm. this will help you avoid internal setbacks. So your beliefs and your values will protect you from overwhelm and self doubt. Yeah, because overwhelm and self doubt are the two biggest things that get in our way when we're trying to achieve a big goal. Oh. Okay. Avoiding internal setbacks will help you. So when you're confident, right, you'll be able to set boundaries around your business and your work life. Yes. So that was a big thing for me back when I was getting changed morning and night to and from work every day. I had no boundaries with clients whatsoever. I worked seven days a week, two jobs. Yeah. No boundaries. And my poor husband, like we nearly nearly dissolved our marriage over it. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And um, I had to learn that the hard way. But you can set boundaries and it's okay to set boundaries. Boundaries is it doesn't mean that you're nasty or that you are no. not helpful. No, not at all. It's and you know what? They get is something you gotta practice. Yes. Yeah. Setting boundaries is something because you've got this, like, especially if you're a bit of a people pleaser mm-hmm. going on, like you just feel compelled that you're the one that's got to give yes. or give, really. That's what it whether it be giving or give more or whatever. And when you start setting boundaries, it's actually quite interesting how you learn and get more confident at them because you, you're. it's like the story that you got in your head yes. that's going to happen doesn't happen. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, that, like I'll just, oh, sorry, I'll just give you a little example to say with me is just like I have one simple boundary that I've put into place is a, you know, a cancellation and refund policy on my clinics. Yep, yep. Right now, that's it's it's interesting of just making sure you've got it written down, making sure that 
you make a big deal about it when people book in, like read yeah. this, you should. And then when they get a confirmation email, a reminder email, it's sending them a link to read it that will help guide them if anything comes up. And it's just like I make sure I wrote, wrote that policy being incredibly fair that was true to my values, right? Mm-hmm. People want to invest in me. They obviously need some help. And I understand why people pull out of clinics. It's not just because they can't afford it or something comes up. Sometimes it's 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 that psychological stress of worry about they 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 click into some avoidance, right? Yep. So I yep. know they're kind of reaching out. So anyway, I write it and then and then it's there and I direct people to it when they ask me. And it's amazing, like my amount of clinic cancellations just plummeted. Yeah. Well, people already knew what to have and I encourage people to come along instead of what they do. They'd want to pull out of the last minute because yeah. of their own anxieties, yes. mate. And, you know, I'd be, you know, potentially facing up to making losses at clinics and stuff like that. So, you know, and I can't sustain that. So anyway, that's been amazing, but it's just been something written that you just make a direct them to. Yep. Yeah. And then it's just solved the problem. And it's communication. (laughs) Yeah. We, we say boundaries like it's um, like it's something that these people need to do this, that, and the other, da, 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 but it's not. It's literally communicating your needs to someone yeah. else. This is how I work. This is how yeah. I work. This is yeah. how I know I've set it up. I've set, I've set up the way I work to work for me so that I can help you. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so with the, res- and then we move on to the next part. Mm-hmm. With the resilience and the perseverance that your success mindset delivers for you, you will yeah. be able to avoid burnout and compassion fatigue. Yeah. But that's not the end of the story. We yeah. go back to doing the work again. Yes, that's continuous. The cycle keeps going. The cycle keeps going. Yeah. Okay. So that's just kind of the, and then during my business course, I go, or whenever I'm talking to anybody about um, about running their small business, it comes back to this cycle of success for me every single time. Mm. And I should say that you've um, you've won some business awards and, and stuff like that based on there or being recognised yeah. for your work in business. Yeah, yeah, I have. So that's been really fulfilling for me. Yeah. Um, and for me, because my, my why, right, is helping horses. Mm. Yes. It always has been. It always yeah. will be. Yeah. But there's only so many horses I can trim in a day, and I already have bad arthritis, and I'm only 39. So, yeah. you know, there's only so many horses I can physically do, right? Yeah. If I can help other professionals stay in the job, yeah, I am by proxy helping those horses too. Yes. That's how it. That's how it's in my mind. Yes. Right. Not that I'm taking credit over that, but mm-hmm. that's how I can spread good in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my my big spiel on frustration and treat your like your equine professionals <laughs> well, yeah, and don't let them undervalue themselves if yeah. you are an owner. That's a big yeah. deal for me. Yeah, and I think some people got to learn from the pattern because you know you'll get those people that are, oh, I just can't can't hold her, I can't yeah they keep getting into trouble but that's like a you know that people should if you've got a pattern where you're struggling to keep professionals or yeah. getting onto their books or whatever sometimes you've got to have a look at yourself like yeah. what are you actually doing and and it's things of people doing that you know like cancelling at the last minute or wanting to change them around and just thinking that the farriers, you know, may be sitting on the side of the road waiting for you to waiting call for a call. Not. Yeah. No. You know, having your making sure you've got your payment there, you pay them yes. 
right away. You make just little things. You look yeah. after them when they're there with the weather. Don't act entitled. You know, yes. if you've got a good professional, you're that's that's lucky. <laughs> you know, like. Wait. Respect exactly. That. Most of us want to give everything to you and your horse. We want yeah. you to be successful. Yeah. Right. We want you to be able to ride your horse and go out and do what it is that you want to do with your horse and be happy and successful, and that you and for your horse to be sound and happy and successful for as long as possible. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah. As well. Right. But we can't do that unless, like, if we're constantly coming up against these not being paid and last minute reschedules and da, da 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 and we're just people too yeah or you know you rock up they've booked two horses in and you rock up to four and they get their nose out of joint because you just can't do them yeah, yeah. You know, that's disrespectful yeah that's and cool. I'm really open and honest with my clients about my scheduling yeah and my work hours and how many horses I do in a day and um what that looks like for me and um it makes them more understanding of my limitations mm-hmm. right definitely <laughs> I find it really interesting when you said when they ask you how many horses you do in the day and you see them do the maths in their head mm-hmm. they're like x amount per horse and you do this many horses a day you're making so much, much money. money and it's right. not, it's not that you pay tax you pay GST you pay insurance yeah. I don't know what your insurance is worth but it's it's, it's a lot oh yeah a year plus tools plus car maintenance I do a lot of k's a year and Mm -hmm. it's all business yeah yeah that leads me on to another point yes that I wanted to talk about right yeah and that is um uh how much does it cost you as a professional to deliver your service yeah that is the other key business thing that if you don't have the mindset and then how much does it cost you to deliver your service? If you don't have those two things very well fleshed out in your mind, how do you even know that you're making enough money? How do you even know that you're making yeah. any kind of a profit? Yeah. yeah. Because you can go out and you can trim 10 horses a day and come home with, you know, X amount of dollars. But that X amount of dollars is, like you said, Catherine, it's not, that's not all your money. No. I remember, it's not. I remember years ago, actually, I um I had a body worker professional come out um and he had my, like all of the needles in my horse and mm-hmm. he was chatting away with his little thing in his hand um and I asked him how many horses he did a day <laughs> this is a long time ago and he told me and I was paying $200 for that service and I just went <gasps> thinking how much money and I know I know he worked like 5 6 days a week and I thought to myself oh my gosh I got to be a body worker like but yeah. now on the other side of things, I realized he was taking home probably less than half. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Less than half. Yeah. So I've got this spreadsheet that I do and it 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 calculates like how many horses or how many services you deliver a day, right? Yeah. And then averages that out, how many weeks you want to work, that yeah. every year. Then it, then you put in all your calculations for how, like how much like your cost of goods sold and your expenses, right? Yeah. And you you put all of that number all those numbers in, and then because um, I'm a bit of a whiz with Excel from my corporate days, yes. and it spits out at the end your hourly rate and how much money you're taking home. Yeah, wow. Way. Yeah, very cool. And then you can play around with the cost of your um, service. Yeah. Okay. And 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 see because where you've got to start with how much money you need to make. It's not how much is my client going to be willing to pay. No. 
No. You can't yeah. start there. No, it's like how do I not go bankrupt? What do I need <laughs> yeah. to pay for this <laughs> pay what? for this thing I deliver? Because none of because none of us um none of us have extravagant extravagant lifestyles where we've got yachts and mansions and da 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 da. Yes, we are all horse people and horses are expensive and a luxury item, right? Yeah. But horses give us purpose and we we you know I live um on six very, very hilly acres in the Hawkesbury and we bought this a few years ago and it was rather expensive. We have very big mortgage. But how much do I need to pay for my mortgage, pay for my horses, pay for my daughter to go to school, you know, da 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 I need to sit back and look at how much money I need to make and bring home and then how many horses I can do in a day times that by how many weeks in it, you know, how many days a week, how many years, um, how many weeks in a year. So then I know how much I need to charge per horse or how much I need to profit per horse. Yeah. Rather. So you've got to work backwards that way. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about this stuff. (laughs) Uh, I, I completely understand that. And, yeah, people look at you and go, oh, but you've made this much money on a clinic. And it's like, do you want to know what I spent on the airline ticket, on mm-hmm. the car hire, on the venue hire, yeah. on my insurance, on the booking site that yep. you paid for everything, that took yep. it out of the money yep. as soon as you click the button? Yep. You know? And it's just like, then it's, do you notice that I didn't add GST onto that extra price for you? So there's actually GST. So I actually have to give a big chunk of that to yes. the government. Yes. Yes. And um, yeah, it's 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 like I'm actually not making all that money, and then yep. the fact is that I don't do clinics every weekend and mm-hmm. have a look. So yeah, people, um, and it's just like, do you want me to help you? I can only help you if I stay in business. Otherwise, yes. I'll go back to being a university academic. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. I've got to make some. I've got to feed, pay my bills. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to go to work and go home and not have to worry about anything and take home a salary. Yeah. And often you earn a lot more money. Yeah. Like you take home, your take home pay is a lot higher if you are not running your own business. Yeah. And and I'll tell you something else that I've also done because people are quite amazing. This is all like got to respect your professionals. Mm-hmm. The amount of people that or the amount of messages and emails I get per day of people wanting my advice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that because people don't realize what your time's worth when they send you a message no but it's also it, uh, to me I've got to the point going that's that's really rude. that's what you pay me for yeah and yes you did a clinic with me two years ago and you're asking me about that horse now so what I did I, I'll just give you a little bit around this is what I'm evolving to because yeah. I'm on social media and I want to my my what I use my social media for is to for free, I spread ideas. Yeah, yep. that's what I do. I'm an idea spreader. I'll do that, and I'll continue to do that. And that's what I that's but what I give out there is my gift, right? I yes. give people ideas. Amazing. However, if you want my advice, and I have two, I have a page where I spread ideas that things can be spread from, mm-hmm. or Instagram or whatever, and then I have a group where I allow people to to talk, and yep. I'll put a bit. I'll put some ideas up there to help share. But if you want my advice, right, if you want my advice, I've got that's where I develop my membership subscription. Mm-hmm. And it's not much, you know, it's $19.95 per month, but those people on that page can ask me questions. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's how I do it. But they got to, res- res- you know, and that's just how, well, if you want my advice about your case or whatever, that's pretty cheap, Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Plus you get to interact with me yes. you know, and, and my knowledge. Yep. It's, it's a choice that they can make. Yep. You know, cancel at any time or whatever, but that's where I'm evolving too. Yes. The amount of people that just, and I'm going to have to have a boundary thing of a yes. automatic reply on my, you know, direct messages and emails and stuff like that, that if you want to work with me, there's a way to do it. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. like if you want to ask my questions, there's a way to do it. You know, you, you paid for my time at that clinic. Mm-hmm. And sure, you got some questions after it, I'll do. But there's a point where it's just like, now you're asking for more out of me. Yeah. I'll pour my heart into it, but please, that's my time. Yes. And it's not just one person that's doing this. No, I get receiving. A, you should see it. You should see it. You know, like I, you know. Emails. I, Facebook. Oh, yeah. I will get personal 20, Facebook. Yeah. 20 a day. Yeah. Some people I know, a lot of people are just random. Yeah. But they're wanting me to solve their problem for not, now. I don't, I understand reaching out. Like that's yes. a good thing. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, and I'll always give an idea, right? Mm-hmm. However, if you want my actual advice or what I recommend you do, that's why I have courses. Yes. And you work with me in those courses. Yep. yep. You know, and then you got me, right? Yep. You got me, but you've got to, my time is yes. to, to be able to be best with my expertise to help people. I have to recognize that I have to dedicate time, mm-hmm. I dedicate time to the people that want to invest in my skills. Yes. My yes. Yeah. I've got I've got a little slide um, again in my mindset presentation, and this is a question that when I was working with my business coach originally. Sorry, my dog is wanting to. That's all right. Pop down, bud. <laughs> You're a good boy. Um, that um, this is this is a question when I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this and I can do that, yeah. and I'm you know I'm not you know I'm not one of the I'm not good enough yet, and I'm not this and I'm not that. And she said to me, "How much time, money, energy?" practice and passion have you poured into gaining your skills and your knowledge yeah oh yeah like I've done I just yeah it's just like I've done that work I've got the case I've got yes. I'm very confident in my knowledge and my yep. skill set and I don't stop yeah you know yep. you're continually to do that oh yeah so you, you need know. to be able to charge appropriately yeah. For people to access that because they're not go they're not sitting there and going through the process that you you've gotten all that information, amalgamated it for them. Yeah. Okay. And you're presenting it to them in an easy to that's right. um, a tailored way. A tailored way that's easy for them to understand. So they didn't have to go through the years yeah. of learning. That's right. So they need to pay for that. That's and right. So I fast track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So any professionals listening that are thinking, yeah. oh, I don't know, I'm not good enough, da da da, come back to that. I bet you any money you've spent tens of thousands of dollars, even if oh, you're yeah. not, even if you're not been in the business for that long, yeah. right? So you need to charge appropriately for it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <on> my soapbox. <laughs> now, if you wrote a book, what would it be? <sighs> so, I'd love to write a book. <laughs> um, there's two books I'd love to write. Okay, yeah. so one of them is. Um, like small business success in the equine industry okay Mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to put a book out about that um because I think books are um especially audio books for those of us who travel around yeah yeah easy way to consume that 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 content right um and you can print as many books as you want and you can reach as many people as you want sorry my dog is very very interested in being on on this podcast (laughs) um the other book is harking back to that species appropriate care Mm -hmm. um 
the more owners that we can communicate to about how to look after their horses in a way that's going to avoid disease uh, and mental anguish and da 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 um the happier like helping horses right it's back to my why the more horses we're going to be able to help yeah okay so being able to like going through my science degree and learning all of that and being able to like a, like a bit of a science communicator right bringing the science into the general public and communicating that to them and i would like in a way that's going to make sense with practical practical ways yeah. to, to make that work so that would be another book i'd love to write yeah cool yeah and do you think that having horses in your life helps you horses <laughs> I, I once went to a therapist and she told me that i <laughs> i didn't go to her again she told me that horses were too important to me in my life i placed too much importance on horses and that i needed to get out of horses and I was just like lady you don't understand me um horses are my my purpose the the yeah. reason I was put on this earth I've got quite large hands I've got like yeah. man-sized hands and I used to yeah. I used to hide them right I used to yeah. sit there and hide them under my clothes or in each other um and I realize now that like I'm not a particularly spiritual person but I realize now that God gave me big hands so I can close big nippers on big hard feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can use the tools. Yeah. He, he gave me big hands so that I can help horses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a strong body and I'm not particularly petite or feminine, but I've got this strong body so that I can help horses. Mm. You know what I mean? It, give, it gives me immense purpose in my life. Yeah. 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 How, how what a bizarre thing to say. And, and I think I'm the same and it's funny. I have this theory that whatever is genetically wired in us whatever but there was that you know there must have been you know thousands and thousands of years ago there was that human that mm-hmm. looked at the horse and went might not eat that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sat on it <laughs> you know like I wonder, I wonder if it could do something for you and I reckon we're actually all related to that person oh, gotta be <laughs> it's like, gotta be it's something because it's all the same like and cattle tested this I do not know I've just known from the moment, I've just always known that I am a horse person. Yes. Yep. There's something, you are a horse person. I'm a yep. horse person and a dog person, but it's yes. like I'm a warrior for the horses. You know, like that's my, that's my, that's why I've been here and that's what gives me the most fulfilment. Uh-huh. That feeling yes. in life of being truly alive is when I do things for them or then I help them. I do not know why. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have always known that. So that's yeah. my theory on that. So we're yeah. from the same. <laughs> the same there's, a, there's a common ancestor there somewhere. Oh, there's something there. Definitely. There's something there. Yeah, because just all meet them and everyone will say, like, same cat. Yeah, yeah. I just sometimes I get frustrated and I'm going to leave them, but I can't. You nah. can't. Yeah, it's an intense curiosity about them. Yes. And in, an intense curiosity, but also it's just like, I don't know, you can just see them and you have to, you've got to put your humanness there to other humans to protect them, <laughs> to like, um, you know, to get the best out of them or to, yeah. I don't know, there's that there's that thing that I, I'm here for the, I'm here for the horse. Yep. No, but also, but in saying that, I'm here for the people as well because yes. when I love them, they just do bring such an element of such so many. When when you work with them as horses, it does so much good for your humanness. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. It actually strips you 
back of all the crap yes. of society's yeah. crap. Yes. Um, it makes you healthier. Yep. <laughs> it grounds you. All of yourself. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yes, it does. It fires up your just that curiosity part of your mind, and it, they're incredibly healthy on so many levels. So even though I'm here for the horse, I'm here for the horse people as well. The, yeah. The whatever the the medicine or the good you know, the goodness that horses bring in. Yeah, 100%. I'm like a 12-year-old girl still when I think about horses. Yeah. Like I'll be driving around and I drive around all day every day and I'll see a horse in a paddock and I'm like, oh, pony. Okay. Still, still. It's like horse, horse, horse. There's a horse, there's a horse, there's a horse. Yeah, it's, it's shocking but like makes me happy. I like giddy <laughs> thinking about horses. It's so silly but it's the inner 12-year-old girl in me. Yeah. She would, my, tw- my, my inner child. Or like if I went back in time and told my 12-year-old self what I was doing today, she would just, her mind would just be. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, my, well, you know what? I reckon my 10-year-old self will go, "Mm -hmm, yes, well, (laughs) of course. But my 25-year-old self will fall over on the ground laughing, you know. So I think that one would be shocked. It's like I talked myself out of it for a while of having to fit into a certain, um, into a, a certain, I don't know, square peg into a round hole or whatever Mm -hmm. um but now not but you know and then I had to discover it this is this is me this is what I do is what I'm good at (laughs) yeah exactly this is your purpose now you said before we started this podcast you had a very quote I need it I need it (laughs) okay so Diane Ackerman said this and when I read this quote I went oh my gosh this is just my whole philosophy on my life in general okay she said I don't want to get to the end of my life and find that I lived just the length of it Mm. I want to have lived the width of it as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just get goosebumps every time I read that I think yes I want to live all of it yeah all of my life the length and the width and the depth and the whole bit. So we can. Yeah, yeah. And so I get myself into trouble and I do too many things at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's a continuous evolution of building exactly. yourself back, stepping up, yes. pushing yes. yourself, bringing yourself back. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the way. And I think, all, I think all three of us are obviously like that. And I know Kat pushes herself. I she know does. Her young <laughs> yeah. life. Compared to me, you have chock-a-blocked it full of stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, we certainly do do that. Um, Yeah, there's a really good book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called The Midnight Library. It's one of the only fiction books that I've read in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's called The Midnight Library, and it's a book all about basically life choices and regrets. Okay. It's a very good one. That Um, sounds like it's up my alley. It's by a guy called Matt Haig, and I really rate him as a, as a author it's actually quite a funny book because people read it and they find they either find like the majority of the people go that is a freaking awesome book mm-hmm. and there's a few people that that for some reason don't, don't like it or find it a bit cliche or whatever yeah. I find it very good but it is about how um and and I think about that book and have a read of it everyone <laughs> go get it it's the midnight library it's good um and just just in a nutshell it's just like when you die you, you get to go to the library and you get to choose oh. another branch of your life if you okay want. yeah right that's cool yeah it's a very it's a very cool concept anyway so um 
I just <laughs> believe that if when that happens to me and I go to the Midlight Library, I've freaking already used them all up. <laughs> 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 Mine's going to be sparse, going to be a few pamphlets left. Yeah, yeah. Midnight Library because <laughs> oh, I'm that's sure cool. that <laughs> I have done everything. If I drop dead tomorrow, I, no one is to feel sad for me. I have totally got, I've taken my life and I have <laughs> squeezed it. I have no regrets even on things when I went, that was a shitty idea. There's always been, even the shitty things had yep. something good that came out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm confident about that. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, oh, so I love that. Very good quote. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here this morning. And I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been very cool. Oh, anyway, lovely talking to you, Elise. And yes. so, see you, Kat. We'll see you. Bye. All right. Wrap it up. See you later. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Thank you for listening to this episode of Canter Therapy. You can find us on Facebook on Canter Therapy Podcast. And if you'd like to know more about me, Dr. Shelley Appleton, you can find out more about me on my website, calmwillingconfidenthorses.com.au. I'm on social media, Facebook, Dr. Shelley Appleton, Calm Willing Confident Horses. And I'm Kat. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Forenza Park Equine Services or Instagram at Forenza Park. If you would like to leave us a rating where you're listening to this podcast, we'd appreciate it and we look forward to hearing from you.